0: Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. You gonna be okay?
1: Eh... Mm. Well, uh, after the third time the electricity went off, I was like, I'm just not going to put on pants today.
0: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah.
0: That can be an established rule or just a
2: tradition. Mm -hmm. I work from home and no one, for all you know, I'm not wearing any pants right now. Yeah, we know you're not.
0: I own, I put on pants for this and that's it.
1: Why would you put on pants for this?
0: Just in case I got up and, you know. Oh. I didn't want to be like. I I respect the occasion, is what it was. I respect the occasion, so I put on pants. It's kind of. I respect the occasion as much as I would respect a trip to Walmart, which you can't find in Europe because they're hidden. Because they're not proud of them. It's not a symbol of their democracy. Not like here. Walmart is a symbol of our democracy.
1: Let's talk about Lovecraft Country instead of politics.
0: You got to say something. You got to say say something salacious. The the grabber, I call it the grabber comment.
1: The grabber now. comment.
0: Yeah, that's what I this call it. This was the
1: worst episode of Lovecraft Country. It was and you can't tell me it wasn't because it was the worst episode we've seen so
2: far. You know what I'm not going to tell you? You're well, wrong. So, my question to that would be, is that a relative thing to, of all the episodes of Lovecraft Country that we've watched, this was the worst, but it wasn't necessarily bad, or are you saying this is a bad episode? Um, Like being called the dumbest Nobel laureate. Right.
1: Um, I am saying that this episode had a ton, a shit ton of stuff working against it. Mm. And it did not rise to the occasion one time.
2: Okay, well, let's talk I, about that. This is Zompocalypse Now. Welcome to the show, dear listeners. I am Timothy Harvey.
1: And I'm Destin.
2: And I'm Curtis. And the episode we are talking about is Rewind 1921. It is the ninth episode of Lovecraft Country. And, the uh, penultimate, oh, le- le- penultimate yes. Lots to do in a short period of time. And uh, whether or not it is accomplished, that is up in the air. So Dustin, explain. Wait, penultimate? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Penultimate means almost ultimate?
0: Yes. yes. Oh, I thought that was like more somehow more than ultimate.
2: No. Okay. It's, the secret is in the word. Right. Ultimate. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's. There's not more. It's not ultimate no, you could one. say it's like you know. Hey, <laughs> more look, than ultimate. <laughs> here's here's affinity plus one. That yeah, could but be. extra ultimate isn't the thing.
1: What is the sound <laughs> of one hand clapping, Curtis? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a slap. That's what the sound of one hand clapping is. All right. So, Dustin, why?
1: Well, like I said, this this episode had several things working against it. One of which, and I think, is probably the most important thing that it had working against me was the fact that it is episode nine of a ten episode series
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: that episode that second to last episode is almost always terrible
0: <laughs>
1: because they have to set up just enough to where we're excited about where to get us to the finale mm-hmm. but they can't set Anything they can't have any cool like stuff. Like they don't they don't get the nice things. The episode nine doesn't get nice things.
2: You got some impressive walking through fire moments.
1: Eh. I, I say am- to journey Smollett walking through fire.
0: I there's Cushaw, I say this this was kind of my my general take was here we have uh we've written. All this stuff, and and we've looked at our our uh, our their schedule on the wall and realized, oh, I got to wrap this up pretty quick. Yeah. Let's see. How do I do that? I can't do it uh, eloquently. I can't do it subtly. I'm just going to use all of the tropes that I know and throw them in an, in the penultimate episode, and then episode ten will just blow people away. Well that's the I would, hope. I would like to think that that's how this went down because they had to make this episode is about sacrifice. And right. I think one of the biggest sacrifices was the quality of the episode.
1: Yes. And another thing that it had working against it is time travel episodes are always bad.
0: Oh, I was as soon as they started in with that shit, I was like fuck you, just fuck you in the dick, but yeah. you know. <laughs> Yes, all right.
1: fuck you with your dick's mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> As we move into the most vulgar episode of Zompocalypse Now in a while. Um, so, first of all, this entire sequence is not in the book. Okay, this is a completely created thing. They do not time travel in the book. It's not a thing that happens. The Diana character who is a son in the, in the book is, deals with the curse is completely different. And we won't go into that. Um there's I have a couple of issues with this episode. First of all, and, and and it's it's a tough thing to do. Did you guys ever see the um Rosa Parks episode of the new Doctor Who series? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So it was a really really worrying thing because a it's a being written by people from a different country about of something that's very very important in American history. Mm-hmm. That matters to american audiences in a way that it doesn't matter to british audiences it can be important because they've learned about it and they think it matters but it doesn't it's not their own history it turned out really well people were very very pleased with how strong an episode it was how respectful it was and how faithful it was to history now with more time lords we're just used to getting shit on by hollywood but we're also used to seeing going back in time and doing seeing historical periods, critical events in history. And they, it's just either it's too sensitive to deal with properly or the way they deal with it is, is ham fisted. And it's just, it's not subtle or anything. Going back and taking them to the Tulsa, 1921 Tulsa riots this is an incredibly talented production crew, right? Mm -hmm. They have great writers and great directors and a fantastic cast. But unless their goal was to literally traumatize the audience to rip out your heart and, and because this whole period, this event they go back to is such a monstrosity. It is such a, is it is one of the blights on, on American history. You can't show that. Even on this show, they're not going to go there. So what we get, even though we see this awful thing, this is so watered down.
1: And almost was like, almost like an episode, like, what's the name of that movie? Brie Larson was it? It's like Guns Akimbo or something. The I can't remember the name of it, and I'm not going to look it up because it doesn't matter. Uh, but it's a movie set in the 70s, and over a, a illegal gun deal gone wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the first 15 minutes are the people realizing this gun deal is going to go wrong, and then the last 90 minutes is just a shootout. Okay. And and the scene where where Montrose is Montrose and Atticus are trying to get back to where the portal is. And there's a group of white people all with guns shooting. And then there's a group of black people all with guns shooting. And like, they're all in like perfect military stance. And they were all just like, you know, like, what are you, this is so ridiculous. You've made this look ridiculous.
0: Well, maybe their thought was, you know, so many people had served in the army and they were all trained in how to use them. Maybe that was the thinking
2: behind that. Yeah, it's a, so there's just there's a lot here. And, and to give them credit, this is, a, this is a tough thing to do. You can't just give us 45 minutes of, of Tulsa in 1921 and expect to get a scale of it. And even when you've got right. Michael K. Williams sitting there and giving this, and it's, it's a beautiful little monologue it feels very out of place in a show that generally doesn't have monologues Mm -hmm. like this beautifully performed, but there's this old thing in, uh, in TV and movies, it's called show don't tell. And this is the kind of thing where there's a lot happening in this episode. It's very emotional, but so yeah, let's get into it.
1: Okay. It turns out that D is, is turning into one of the demons, Mm -hmm sure, her body is changing into one of the creatures. And everybody who has been a character in this season so far is now realizing that they all are, it's, that they're all you know, in the same story. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Ruby's story has been separate from Montrose and Atticus and Letty's story. And even with the three of them, their stories have been separated, separated and you know, so now they're all in the same room, talking, and they're talking about what we talked about last week. How every time that D showed up at so, like to ask for help, they all were just like, "No, no time. We don't have any time to talk to you."
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and they're all like, "I feel really bad right now," and it's like, "Well, you should." <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so Ruby, they say, "Well, we gotta go to get. We gotta go to Christina, and we if we give her the pages." from the book of names, then she will, she will help us. And, and <laughs> that's what Lenny's like, well, about that. Um, I already gave her the pages because I was gonna, you know, buy your, your safety, but I ended up giving myself some safety, but whatever. And I was going to tell and you, and I swear. Ruby's like, well, she'll come for me. And I, I think one of the best things is that look that everybody kind of gave her. When she said that, right? And why exactly is she gonna come for you, Ruby? But she does. She mm-hmm. comes and she says that there's really not a whole lot she can do. She can. Rev- she can't. Re- she can't call the curse off, but she can back it up so that you know she's got more time for them to mm-hmm. figure out what they're gonna do. And so they decide to do that. And just about the time that they decide to do that, the Apologist shows back up and she's like, Hey guys, what's going on?
0: <laughs> well, can I, can I say this before we get too far along, this episode should have started seconds after the last episode ended. Right. Because where in the hell did the big eyeball dog go away just away yeah. that's it's that's hanging goddamn out damn nonsense the,
1: it's hanging out with what's her name the korean fox sex demon
0: maybe there are a couple just, now maybe they be said you
1: day. just get out of here and she's like okay i'll go
2: and i'm taking this giant mosaic eyed dog thing with me i need a pet that was kind of the beginning
0: of my issue is they did not tie this episode in with the last one, with the final moments of the last one, which were the best part of the episode. And right. I don't understand the logic behind that. Can't I don't get it. Um that's that's I was well, almost off the boat immediately. And then Hippolyta shows up and I'm like nobody's even surprised okay well, it's moving along ben right
2: well they're less they're less worried about being surprised about she's back they're more concerned about d
1: and well, not yeah. having to tell her mother that you know like oopsie
2: <laughs> we're not sure we're not sure how she got cursed sorry
0: <laughs> right i go i become a multidimensional being for 5 minutes and this is what happens <laughs> thanks a lot you guys <laughs>
2: one of the biggest connections to the previous episode is what Christina does next. Yeah. Which is she goes looking for Lancaster, who survived kind of his assault by the Shagath in the episode before. And we find out why he's covered in... He's got black and white skin is because apparently he's been healing wounds. Healed... I think
1: what I think what they what I what I assumed was the situation was that they cut off his head and his arms and sewed them onto the torsos of black men.
2: There's definitely he's certainly using black men as replacement parts. Yes. And however, they're doing it, and it's just appalling, um, and it's a bit problematic because uh, it's not working. And Christina shows up and she's like, yeah, well, of course it doesn't work. Uh, I made sure that it wasn't. And I'm just here to watch you die. Mm." (laughs) And he's like, you're terrible. And she's like, yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? Now die. (laughs) And he does. And she's like, okay, bye. (laughs) She's just gone.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the end of that. We didn't need any more of that. Exactly. But to, to finish up with Christina and Ruby. After, after our main characters go off on, what they're, on their shenanigans, Ruby and Christina go back to their house. And they have that, did you really mean it or was it all a lie? Did you really love me or was it all pretend conversation that's always so great?
0: You know, you can only have that so many times in life and then you just don't have that conversation anymore. Right. You're just kind of like, oh, we're broke up then? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's all but- about the sex.
1: Yeah, but apparently and you know this was one of those good oh hey moments because it turns out that uh the woman that Ruby was when she was a white lady was the crazy lady with the dogs from like episode 1. I did not realize that.
2: Oh. She every time we see her is when Ruby is her, she looks very very different.
1: Yeah, very different. Uh, So I was like, oh, hey, that was a good that was a good moment for me when I was realizing that that was the same person. But I'm having that
0: moment right now. That's that's exciting. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. But Ruby ends up pulling the plug on her. And instead of being like, this is wrong, we should not, you know, be sucking the life out of these people to get what we want. She turns to Christina and says, when I imagine myself as a white lady, I always imagined a redhead. And I... Died laughing. I cackled out loud when she said that.
2: I rolled my eyes loudly. Well, it's also in that scene where Christina basically tells Ruby that her plan is to live forever. And if Atticus has to die, Atticus can just die. It's <laughs> not she doesn't care. And the thing is, is that to be perfectly honest, neither does Ruby. No. Yeah, yeah, because Ruby says, Are you gonna kill Atticus? And she says, Well. In
0: order to do this spell to make me completely immortal, and which I clearly haven't thought my thought about very yeah. hard, just gonna do it. I'm gonna need his blood, all of his blood. <laughs> That's why like, I must have gotten distracted or something because when I realized they were going back into the past, I'm like, oh, they're gonna go get young Atticus and give him to Christina which is what they should have done. They just should have given a young Atticus and then, you know
1: But then there wouldn't have been a young Atticus to grow into our Atticus
0: Ah, but would there? We haven't established the rules of this time travel Well, This could be like a Robert Bachman type time travel where there's infinite realities happening in every portion of space
1: Except for, but they do say that. They do say they're infinite realities and they have to to get the, the to save D they have to go back into their own past, their own, their own realities past to get the book of names from their reality or it won't work. Mm-hmm. So if they did somehow bring somebody back, that eliminates them from the timeline Going forward, from the point that they disappeared from the timeline,
2: time travel is always a mess.
1: It's always a mess, and that's the second thing that bothers me. This show is not a time travel show, Tim, and they should not have been time traveling on it.
0: That's the thing that you know I'll what you said. In the, what you said in the beginning might have been uh, uh, perfectly right about having this historical event showed shown to us it should have been much more traumatic than it ended up being because we were so distracted by the stupid time travel dimensional being bullshit that they pulled out of their ass apparently
2: okay so let's 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 wait a bit before we get into some of the things in the past cuz they have to travel to the past here so they yeah. go they find themselves back at the observatory. Yes, um, because is, Hipp,
1: Hi- 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 Hippolyta has been a transdimensional being for two hundred years and she can fix this.
0: Yep. Yeah, she's doing she's so gonna be she's gonna be very helpful in the observatory, which is just west of Saint Joseph, Missouri, in extreme northeastern Kansas.
1: But then they say Kentucky
0: they're wrong
1: which they is another thing that this episode irritates me about because they didn't say kentucky in the last time they were there which makes it even more impossible that atticus would have made it (laughs)
0: uh Uh, yes it's an observatory
2: in either location would be utterly pointless Well, what concerns me is that we have no idea how fast this is actually moving through D, right? So there's no actually, there's no indication specifically how long the beginning of this episode starts at versus the end of the previous episode. So it takes time for them to get to the observatory. And that's time where we don't know what's happening to her. And so there's no, it it diminishes the threat a little bit if not if nothing else yeah and so when they get there she's fantastic great she's got she's picked up cosmic powers awesome she's a and she, she opens a gate to the
0: past usb uh, usb 5.0 ports in her wrists <laughs> Yeah. it's the weirdest place to have a port i would I wouldn't put, put them, them there
2: either no. i would
0: put them right behind the shoulder that would have been much more that
2: way could she she could move her hands, be expressive if she needs to. Mm. Well, not to mention if you were short by a vein, that seems like a bad plan. Yeah. Oh, that lady's magical. Anyway, yeah, so so they go back in time to 1921 in Tulsa. Through math, I think there was math involved, wasn't there? Oh yeah, it's 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 all super science. I mean, this this isn't yeah. this isn't magic as much as it is her being, you know, right. tapping into all the the, the cool stuff she's learned while she's away. That's right.
0: So, listeners, as you're enjoying your children's high school football games for the next couple of weeks before state happens, just remember that there's also art and literature in the world that you could enjoy
2: along with math. That's right. Arts and STEM, folks. Arts and STEM.
1: <laughs> they call that STEAM now.
2: Yeah, they 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 can't do that. <laughs> I don't know what stem is, I don't know
1: stem it seems is
0: like something I don't want to know what science
1: it is. technology something engineering, in and math
2: engineer huh? isn't it engineering
1: yeah engineering and math
0: I mean, they must have added architecture in there because you said st- stem no they've added yeah. arts to it and it doesn't
2: fit it's because they made it steam because the arts and the technical are different disciplines, and that's fine. maybe Just we would have put it more of it ASTEM. Or satum. Oh, it's it should be arts and stem. They're Okay. But anyway, so they're there. And again, this is where this is where things start to get really interesting and not and problematic for me. Because on one hand, we have a very personal story here, and a large part what we're doing back here is we're getting the explanation for Montrose. Mm-hmm. Montrose's origin story. And you know what? we don't need it.
1: And I don't care. Quite frankly, um, all this did for me was highlight how badly they have messed up this gay character. how like, you know, there's this big conversation going on in 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 queer media, which you guys might not be aware of. And the question the, – the conversation is, okay, we want good representation sure. in media. Gay people should be re- – gay, trans, uh, non-binary, all that we should be represented in media. Mm-hmm. But does that mean we always have to be represented as the hero or as a good guy? Can right. we have – how do you write – a queer villain can you write a trans woman as a villain and have it work can you write a gay black man in the 50s as essentially a villain because he's not there's no way you're going to tell me montrose is one of the heroes of the show
0: well you know that's the only see. time i've ever seen of the only time i've ever seen a villain uh a, a they the farther the farthest they go is ambiguous or by
1: yeah
2: they don't really I I don't know what they're afraid of I think well it would be so they have just to go there but there have been and there are people who can argue that uh, Silence of the Lambs has a at least a cross dressing villain right uh, possibly coded as trans um, but it's also a different time.
1: Yeah, queer coding has always been something used with villains. Right. There's a whole documentary about the way that that film has treated gay people. It's called uh, The the Celluloid Closet. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely worth watching. The thing that we have here with Montrose is that he is a vile human being. Treats people terribly and you know, is uh, drunk, and he's violent. There's all sorts of... Co- he's very complicated. And, you know, we don't... I don't need to know that his daddy abused him and that he couldn't break the cycle. You know, I don't need to know these things about well, the him. The
2: thing is, is that we already did. We were yeah. told these things. We know all of this information... I felt that
0: much of the much of their little trip into the past was wasted time because they
2: didn't reveal anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they do, but the thing is, it's kind of like re- it's it's like the Star Wars prequels. Okay, yeah. we didn't need to know Anakin Skywalker's backstory. We already heard it. Obi Wan Kenobi told Luke what happened. That was all you needed. And that was all you needed to know. And it's the same thing here because you're right, Dustin, he's not a good person. And what makes his character interesting is that he's still not a good person, but he's trying to help his son. Yeah. And this is, this makes him interesting. We know that he's, he was violent. We know that he, he lived through this stuff already, we didn't actually need to see it. And what do we actually learn from this? We learn that, yes, George is probably Atticus's father. That's the most important thing we learn from this whole sequence. And that Atticus is part of a stable time loop because he rescues his father and beats up a bunch of, you know, takes a bat to a bunch of, of bigots. And that Rips the ice- tar out of them. And that ties back into the dream sequence we saw at the very first episode. They call that a Tulsa toe tagging. Ah! <laughs> what else did <laughs> we learn that Montrose couldn't face who he was at a young age and broke the heart of the first person he loved only to watch them die terribly in front of them? Okay. Seconds, seconds later. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's tra- I mean, that's tragic and that's horrid, but it doesn't change anything with Montrose. When this is what I usually, when I
0: experience things like this, I accuse the writer of showing their ass and say, "Oh, the writer's really showing their ass on this one." Well, this
2: is I
1: again. I'm not. I'm not going to look it up because I honestly don't care. But it makes and this and the 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 scene, the gay sex scene earlier that we talked about, right, Mm -hmm. makes me wonder how many queer people are in this writing room because. I don't Ye- know if this would have passed muster with a gay writer.
2: All right. I'm looking it up. Sorry. Well, I think it's entirely possible that this could have passed muster with a gay writer who was just thinking that we need to give Atticus a fully developed backstory, but we don't.
1: But then it goes right. It, like the backstory they give him is a barrier gays backstory. It introduces his little boyfriend and then kills him literally before he even has a, like, he he gets a name and then he dies.
0: Okay, okay. I need to, I think I should say something, but it's going to sound controversial, but it's something that as a, as a person who has read about a billion people's books, uh, plays and things that they're working on and giving feedback for these kind of things, dramaturging things, Uh I have noticed something. Uh Uh-oh. It is difficult, not impossible, and rarely achieved for one writer to write dialogue or point of view dialogue for a character of a different gender or orientation. And I couldn't help but notice that this episode of Lovecraft Country was also written and directed by women. Now, from a certain perspective, this is where I'm going to fuck up and say something that will get me canceled. I can feel it happening. But I feel like it has to be said because in a real, very real sense, this to me felt like a woman trying to pretend to be, have a male perspective. But what happens is kind of the female perspective gets leaked into a a situation, a dramatic situation uh, between a boy and his father, and it is made
2: a little bit softer. So my only issue there, because yes, there's definitely a challenge from people who there are many, many writers who cannot write characters from a perspective too far removed from their own. Fiction is full of writers, of male writers who can't write women, um, of female writers who look at male characters and go, yeah, that, that, that'll work. The fact that there is actually gay and lesbian and, and non-binary and voices in literature right now who can actually sit there and stand up and say, you know what? Maybe you should let our us write our characters is great, but there's something else that happens when you're writing a story when i'm writing a story when dustin's writing a story. we're all writers and we write a character that we don't know and we're not sure about their voice if you're a good writer then you sit there and go to somebody who that is that perspective you go to your 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 friend who's a girl you go to your friend who's gay you go to your friend who's asian or black or hispanic and if you're writing that character from that point of view and you don't know that world you do the research. You talk to the people who, are in, who, who can speak to that perspective. Well, you know, conveniently, if I write a gay character and I've written it right, Dustin's going to tell me. He's not going to be shy about that. No. Mm-hmm. My kid will tell me. You know, I, I, ha- <laughs> I have a lovely set of you know, support groups to let me know what I'm screwing up in that regard. And considering the writing, the quality of the writing team that they have for Lovecraft Country, the fact that they don't get it right here is unfortunate, but it's hard to tell where it comes from.
1: Right, and and I think that
0: that's true. But I'll tell you something. I'm t- and I'm sorry to interrupt, Dustin, but I'm I want to get this one out.
1: Whole there. like this is episode nine. Got to get through this. You know,
0: <laughs> that's true. Okay, yeah, we can move along. My point's not important.
1: Oh, what were you going to say? Are you going to say something?
0: um I was going to say something to the effect of uh, I have uh, tried to write. Like, okay, I'm, I'm 48 years old. I'm trying to write a, a man that's 17 or 22. I try to make them say the dumbest things that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And that's as close as I can get. It's not, I mean, it might make sense in the context of the scene that I'm writing that the young people are going to sound dumber. But that's just me being an old
2: dude going, "Yeah, young kids are dumb. this whole sequence just I mean Michael K. Williams acts the hell out of it all right he he gives everything he can to this stuff he he commits to this part he commits to telling Atticus this is who I am here's the lines the the dots that you can trace to how I got from point A to point B and you can draw the the line of my behavior and why I am what I am and oh by the way George is probably your dad sorry about that and um (laughs) And could you please save me? Because, you know, someone's got to come along and save me and my friends from getting murdered. And, and it's there was
0: one moment that I really enjoyed was where he was saying that um, all he wanted was to be he wanted to be he didn't feel like a man, but he w- wanted to try to be a man. And he thought that meant having a son. And that led to Atticus, who even though they're not blood, that was his son. And he'll defend that. Mm-hmm. I thought
2: that was a lovely moment. Uh, well, and I think that again it comes down to Michael K. Williams' performance here. Yeah, really, for real. Um, he's been a strength of this show from the beginning. However much you want to hate him, however awful Montrose is, oh yeah. Like, Michael K. Williams has just knocked it out of the park. Uh, so that's a whole thing that happens over here. And and
1: meanwhile, from- in Crazy Child with Letty, come oh, <laughs> Um, they have to go get the book of names. And the book of names is at Atticus's mother's house, her childhood home, which burns down on this night. And so first the plan was that Atticus would go to the door and he would distract them. And then Montrose and Letty would sneak into the house and search for the book. But Montrose wanders away, and so Atticus has to go find him, and so Letty has to figure out what she's going to do, and what she ends up having to do is running from an a angry mob of white men who want to murder her, and she is taken into Atticus's mother's childhood home, which will burn down and kill everyone in it in a number of hours, in just a few hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she knows that this is going to happen. Yes. And she just, she kind of gets, she's, people are shooting at her. So they're like getting the house and um, yeah. And now she's got to figure out how to get that book of names.
1: Right. And Uh, uh, luckily everybody's treating this like it's just another purge night because they just pull out guns and everybody gets handed guns
0: You know, it is kind of weird. It's like I I, I sometimes fantasize when I live, especially when I lived in the city, about what would happen if there was like an organized attempt to take this neighborhood by military style force. Would people jump out of their houses and just start shooting back at people? Probably not. It would probably go pretty lopsidedly badly for the people. Uh, uh,
1: Unfortunately, according to Lovecraft's country, that's exactly what would happen. Like, these people are ready for a, you know, everybody that everybody is, you know,
0: it's, it's one of those things that
2: happens sometimes, I guess. Well, but, I, again, we come back to this whole, the, with the Tulsa yeah. massacre, because this ends in a massacre. This ends in many, many, many dead black people. Mm-hmm. And what we don't have here. This, For all we know, this is exactly how it played out. But the problem is it's playing out without any context. So you see a bunch of ordinary people just start pulling out guns. It looks really, really odd. And maybe they were all prepared and ready to go. But the thing is that we don't have their backstory. We're dropped. Yeah. Our characters are dropped into the middle of somebody else's story. And we're supposed to, you know, it's, it's really, really hard for you to combine two big dramatic stories and have both of them come out working well. They're, these characters who should be main characters of their own story are background characters in Letty's story. And it's the same thing with every time we go out onto the street, every time Montrose is doing his bit, you cannot get into what's actually happening around them to get the sense of the threat they're in. Yeah. The danger that our characters are in, because you can't dive into the stories of the people around them. It's, it's frustrating. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So Letty's looking for the book, and the grandmother, who is is Atticus's maternal great auntie, who had the book. She had the book. We saw her already one time. Yeah, I think so. She catches her, and she's like, "Tell me what's going on because you're obviously not from around here. Letty. Your shoes,
2: your shoes look weird. Who are you? I, I love the fact that it's like." Yeah, those shoes aren't right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think her shoes were particularly unreasonable, but it Except was they were,
1: Yeah, tennis shoes.
0: Yeah.
1: And at a time when tennis shoes did not exist.
0: And where if they did exist, women wouldn't be allowed to wear them. Right. Because then they could run away.
1: Exactly, which is what Lady does.
0: Yeah, and that's why uncomfortable shoes were invented were to hobble women so their fat husbands could keep up with them when they tried to run away. That was also why they were all gravel gravel driveways because you can't do that shit in bare feet. They were so, really bad to women back then. Let me say the fire thing, they didn't even bother to connect the fire that was happening with the fire in the visions and I don't know why they couldn't do that. Right. That would have been a lovely piece of mechanics. That I and
1: you know what? Like, oh. Yes. Letty is invulnerable at this moment, but stairs aren't. And she's on the second floor of a house on fire. Yeah. She got to try to walk down you. those stairs and fall into the basement.
0: There's, there's issues. There's issues. I think. Hmm?
1: Yes. This like- was not.
0: Like she just decided to hang around, you know, because, you know, there's not like a woman who's trying to keep a portal open, you know, (laughs) like, like a mile away where she's just going to saunter back. I did not. I was like, hurry up, hurry up. Maybe this was as engaged as the writer and director wanted me to be right now was hurry up, hurry up. You've got to get back. You don't know. It's all going tits up. You need to get back right now. Right.
2: There was death from the sky in the middle of all of this. Those explosions that she's walking through were from planes dropping things on people. I mean, it was—it wasn't just some people on the street shooting at you. It was racists in planes attacking from the sky. I mean, this was a nightmare. Beauregard, get over here. Let's get in the double-winged Wilco. Jesus ah, it's just—I mean, it's—it's—it just—it's so—I—I I, I give him credit for trying to yeah. make the Tulsa race massacre something, you know, something. But it's just—it's it, like it didn't go far enough. It's not scary enough in a show which where 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 racism has been—you know—from the beginning we've seen how terrifying this is. This this whole this was sequence, like
1: a. Yeah, this was like The
2: Purge. It just doesn't, yeah, it's not scary enough.
1: Anyway, so she gets back. They get back to the portal. They've got the book. Uh, It's taken so long that Hippolyta's hair turns blue.
2: Which makes her look like her daughter's uh, character from her comic book. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's, you know, then there's the whole dramatic, the portal's going to collapse, and they have to do the thing, and the thing, and they're back. Hooray! Hooray!
0: Yeah, they hooked her up to a speak and spell, and now they now they're the <laughs> what they were saying. Now this is something that I regret. I regret reducing my ignorance from time to time because, like, when people talk about uh, uh, when people talk about circuitry in movies, I understand that that jargon now, and I can tell when people are completely full of shit and just saying electric sounding words. Like this episode, and uh and when somebody is being smart about it, this episode was. I mean, that was another thing that was like, mm, you just made me feel a little dumber by saying that. Thanks. Well, there's a reason they call it techno babble. <sighs> yeah, but do your homework. So all I'm saying. I don't know. This you is- know what I'm saying? They said like. They, they we need to plug it into the circuit board, and then they, they go, Well, where's that? Well, that's me, and then she shows her wrists, and she's got USB 6.0 ports in them. Yeah, and um, I'm like, That's not what a circuit board
2: looks like. <laughs> well, that's okay. Think about it the people that she's talking to don't know what a circuit board looks like either. Yeah, she could, she really should have. They
0: really should have <laughs> given them new names, like you know, wrist clamps.
2: But that's for <laughs> us at home. That's that's for us at home, kind of trying to uh, explain what what she is in five seconds so that we get it. So I got I wrist know. clamps, <laughs> back clamp. blankets. No, see, wrist, wrist clamp sounds like you know you're paying for it, and her name is Mistress Domina, and <laughs> yeah. that's a different thing. So <laughs> Mistress Epulida, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Here We go. Um, my my safe word it's Shageth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that tickled me!
1: And where was that thing? When he was in danger in the twenties?
2: Um, not, not around yet. I don't know. We have.
1: I will say that even though I feel like this episode was not the best, it was serviceable enough to where I'm. We're we're gonna make it through the series.
2: Well, yeah. There's only one episode left. Yeah. There's two really great performances in this episode, and one is Michael K. Williams, and the other is uh, Journey Smollett. Everything everything Letty does in this episode is consistent with the rest of her performance. Yeah, she's just great yeah. throughout the show. But Michael K. Williams gets his moment to shine. It's unnecessary. It's always great to see him act, but this was this was not necessary. Mm, Harkens me back to that other clunky episode. Well, and there's a there's a missing story here. There's one one of the stories that has not been adapted is focused on Montrose, and it's a completely different thing. It's not about his past. It's a gay man. It's nothing like that. It's a completely. It's just one more it's piece. That of, one
1: time he went to the circus.
2: <laughs> no
1: no it um Montrose at the circus and i feel like candy.
0: i feel like like uh at this point i feel like i've felt like a lot of times with a lot of series that i've you know fallen in love with the first half of the season then i feel like they're letting me down now because mm. they stopped trying they stopped yeah. or or as this series has gone along, maybe they've had more and more input as time goes by and that always ruins a series. And I don't know why that can't sink in to Hollywood dickholes who like to put their little two cents in on everybody's script. Leave them alone. Let them do their vision because I feel like this has got somebody's boot on its neck and it's not allowing it
2: to fly. I think the other thing we have to bear in mind that so many shows, we've got such a high standard now for shows that are making it to the screen. And we forget that some of the shows that so many people love had really rocky first seasons. And if you've only got 10 episodes and that's what your budget is for, it's what the time for your actors is, not every one of those 10 episodes is going to be a star. And, you know...
0: By the way, there will be a second series to this. There will. Yes. Yeah, the, there's another website that we're familiar
2: with that apparently talked to one of the actresses on the show. I'm going to say I'll believe it when it happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying. I, I certainly wouldn't mind more of these characters, but we'll see how it plays out in the next episode. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot they've got to do in the last hour. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried that the last episode is just going to end up
0: pissing me off. Oh. Huh? Like like they like a, a situation this see this is the thing, man. This is a thing in the world. People don't know their ending before they start writing the bulk of the story. Uh-huh. It's they're not going to be able to save it at the end. They could write the coolest shit in the world, but if they don't know how it's going to end, how in the hell are they going to make that compelling or be the big payoff because you have to at the end you have to pay off what you started at the beginning
2: right well there is an ending to the novel they've stuck pretty close broad stroke somewhere very specifically other places to the arc of the novel you think they're going to land in the right place tim it's uh, if they end it the way that they end the novel it will work I will say it's, here's my prediction. Okay. It's going to work because of the performances. Because there's going to be some interactions if they, hit, if they hit the same beats that we've already seen. We're, we're lucky this cast is so good. Because <laughs> they're going to have to sell it. They're going to have to sell something which I think works really, really well on the page. Well, On the page, was... it's 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 an ele- it's an ending that's elegant as hell. Well, let me. But... Just,
0: yeah, let me let me just say that I'm, you know, I apologize for the th- things that I may have implied about female writers writing male characters. Um, my personal experience doesn't necessarily equate to a general truth, so please don't. Don't listen to the earlier episode. Find my number and decide to chew my ass for being insensitive or something, please. (laughs) I don't,
1: I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if, if you bring up the fact that this might have been out, this kind of interaction might have been out of the wheelhouse of this particular writing staff is... That that bad
0: well honestly. I, I don't know i I sometimes paint myself into these um rhetorical corners and and because
1: uh, I didn't like it either, I didn't think it worked either, yeah. no, we all said it didn't work we're just well, we're just waiting to get to the end of this
2: now, yeah, well, but the thing is that we are at the end of this there's there's nothing more to this particular episode, right, and we're just gonna have to see what happens with the next one overall. We're nine episodes into a 10-episode series. This has been a really interesting series from the beginning. However it ends, I'm glad we've watched it.
1: Oh, me too. And, we, and very soon we get to go back to, uh, to the, the Walking Dead's,
2: Which means we might are... be looking back at Lovecraft Country and going, God, you remember how good we had it with Lovecraft Country? <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I was about to say.
2: All right, folks. Well, we have pretty much exhausted everything we can say about this episode of Lovecraft Country. And we are going to just look forward to the finale. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on podcast.com and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating. You can leave us a comment. Ratings and comments actually do help other people find the show. That's always useful. And we would love to hear from you if you are enjoying the show or have your own issues with this episode. Uh, We'd love to hear that. You can send us a message. That would be great. As always, we appreciate having this fun group of people to play with. Dustin, Mm -hmm. thank you.
1: Thank you, Tim.
2: And thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. You mind
0: if I do a plug? Sure. Um, Hey, gang, why don't you, when you get bored or are traveling, enjoy a nice audio book. I would recommend the scarecrows of golden county by jason crager narrated by yours truly listen in the car listen in the shower listen by yourself or with friends audible.com coming soon excellent i'm glad it's getting out there in the world curtis that's very cool well fingers crossed man i've started my i got my contract for the next one and i've started reading it and doing the research on that
2: so it's actually a prequel to this one so very cool alright folks thank you so much for listening to us and we will see you guys next week on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now yay Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey Dustin Adair and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions all rights reserved